What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to our edition of the Franchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. I'm your lovely host, the Franchise. Hope you had a good one-week break from me. Hope you guys enjoy your Valentine's Day. Able to celebrate with your couple, with your partners. Uh, as for me, that was just like another typical Tuesday. I'm still looking for that special someone. But wanted to give you guys a break from me for the week because I wanted to wait for more news to arrive. And today is the last stuff that's going on today. I just woke up about two hours ago at breakfast and I'm like, you know what, let me see what's going on. And there was a couple of things that, you know, um, that popped out to me. But I also want to talk about Elimination Chamber for a bit. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about wrestling as well um, because that's what I watched over the weekend was Elimination Chamber 2023. So, because going that with all the stories, she had that long-term storyline building from Sami Zayn, the bloodline that started last April, all the way to, it kind of culminates to, like, last Saturday, but based on what Raw last night, it looks like that story is still going, but let me take a little sip right here, my voice is kind of dry real quick. Alright, um, before we get to, like, the news and stuff, I do want to fill my obligations for ad reads so let's go ahead and take those care of those not only are sponsored by anchor our home platform we're also powered by poddex poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand so whether you're a podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement you want to check out poddex.com use the code talk pop for 10 percent off your first order poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your first order. We're also powered by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a service that will give you a unique IP address powered by a VPN or a virtual private network, which will protect your data and browsing your protect your Shopping data, your personal data, and your browsing data from hackers, your internet service provider, and the government. It's like having a second lock on your bathroom door. ExpressVPN provides a masking encryption tool known as a tunnel, which replaces your current IP address. Two random unique IP addresses connected to 97 different countries' unique servers. It will take hackers hundreds of years to get your information. It's powered by a 256-bit encryption tool used by the government. ExpressVPN does not keep any records of your browsing history, so surf with a peace of mind. ExpressVPN lets you access geolog content by letting you switch your location to a different country's server with just a couple of clicks. For example, I love Studio Ghibli films like Spirit Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, and many more. And guess what? They're available on Netflix internationally. So what I do is I open up Netflix on my browser, and then I click on ExpressVPN, switch my location, for example, to Canada, refresh and type in Studio Ghibli and get access to their entire library. You can also use it to access other geolog content on Netflix as well and other streaming services. You can also use ExpressVPN to shop region-specific sites to avoid price discrimination. It's that simple. ExpressVPN can be used with on smartphones, tablets, smart TVs, game consoles, PCs, and more. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, no hassle. No risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular, $99.95 for a year with a savings of 35% off a month. They offer the best in class security and encryption. No, they have no activity logs or connection logs. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and the Apple Store. 
Right now, listeners of the Franchise Talks get three months added for free by signing up using our link expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Thank you so much to ExpressVPN. It's a great service. I love using it myself. I'm personally using it right now. So, without further ado, let's get to the news. Let's talk about Elimination Chamber. Yes, we're going to talk about wrestling. Okay, I'm going to pull the results here. Um, just to refresh my memory. So, the matches that we had on the card was, I'm going to go down the list, was, of course, the main event being the undisputed WWE Universal Championship between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Then you had the Men's Elimination Chamber match for the United Championship, which featured Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Montez Ford, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Austin Theory. Then you had the Women's Elimination Chamber match for a shot the Raw Women's Championship, which featured Asuka, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Nikki Cross, and Carmella. Then you had Brock Lesnar taking on Bobby Lashley, and the Hall of Famers Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on the Dutchman Days, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley. So let's talk about the first match. That was on the card was the elimination the women's elimination chair match for the shot at the Raw Women's Championship. So according to this, like the match itself was really good. There was a really good high spots of this match, you know. And the way um let's go and get to see the return of Asuka at the Royal Rumble the previous month. She's coming back with that dark persona version of her character Kana in the Japan wrestling scene. Many people that probably recognize her dark persona, so she decided, you know, go back to her roots and bring that character to WWE. Yeah, Carmella going back to almost like her Queen of Staten Island type of look. Of course, you got Liv Morgan, you got Raquel Rodriguez, and of course, you got Natalia, the veteran on there. Of course, Nikki Cross being back to her old, like, crazy self after trying her best as being you know, almost a superhero. It's kind of like, you know, them, you know, going back to the roots, and now that Vince doesn't have that much pull on them, and letting them be who they wanted to be. And it was a great match. There was really good high spots in this match. You know, you got to give it the fact that, you know, I know it's not besides, you know, Natalia. It was mostly a lot of new generation talent on this event. You know, it was mostly all NXT-bred, you know, performers or people that came from other promotions and honed their craft through NXT. And it was one of those things where... It was something to enjoy for it. I mean, even the, the Montreal crowd was so into it as well. You know, it was in Canada, so. And it was a great match. And great for Asuka is, um, is now she ended up winning the match. And pretty much it's like solidifying herself as, you know, being one of the best veterans out there. And it'll be a good shot against Bianca Belair which I actually look for a match because I don't know if those two ever face each other one on one so that's just going to be a great match I believe um, because you got the next generation talent as in Bianca Belair taking on the veteran um, Asuka so it looks to be like a good style match it's kind of almost like similar to like Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart type of feeling um, or like John Cena taking on you know somebody younger you know it's like Undertaker versus Roman Reigns kind of esque kind of feel so I'm looking forward to their main event match at um, WrestleMania, depending what they decide to pick. But overall, it was a really good match. Um, you know, like I said, it was really good high spots, crashing into the pods, you know, taking advantage of the Elimination Chamber, you know, show that, hey, the women can um, hold on their own and pretty much be able to put on a show. And it was a really good match, a lot of good high spots. Um, like, they had a lot of moments here. I pulled up from um, 
pretty much from Bleacher, um, from Bleacher Report. They gave it a match like a B, which eh, I kind of agree with them on that one. I mean, there was good spots here. They actually did some notes, like the pop for Natty because, you know, being from Canada, with the Hart family. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, Rodriguez getting a huge pop in the crowd, you know, cross jumping off the top of Carmelo's pop up out that position. Like I said, there was a lot of, like, good spots. But then uh, Morgan doing a sunset flip powerbomb for Tosca's spots to recovery is. That was a good match. And then Italia Oscar doing a double submissions on Morgan. So she pretty much passed out. And then um, Carmelo and Oscar worked together to double pin on uh, Raquel because they used to give her like super kicks and stuff. And, and of course, Oscar ends up tapping out um, Carmelo for the end. So. It was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, you had, I don't know, I call this like the sleeper match. I'm sorry. I wasn't really invested in Brock Lesnar's Bobby Lashley. I'm sorry. It's, I don't know. I kind of like for the fact that Triple H is not using Brock Lesnar as like a big higher car performer. Because, you know, when Vince was in charge of creative, you know, he kept pushing Brock Lesnar all the time. And I like for the fact that with Triple H taking in range, it kind of solidified Brock Lesnar being more of a mid car performer now. So I never really didn't pay attention to the match too much. It wasn't like so I was following, but you know, it was surprisingly last year eliminated um Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble last month. I guess this was the story they were building and um of course um and then of course it was like one of those short matches that ended up being um I guess what they're trying to do is like they I guess they got Bray Wyatt kind of sticking his teeth into the way the Triple is doing with creative wise. Um, possibly the opponent for Lashley. We'll see what happens. I know a lot of people are hopefully it'll be a Lesnar Gunther stare down for Royal Rumble. I mean, that'll be a good match. It ends up being Gunther versus uh, Brock Lesnar. A lot of people were seeing that ever since the Royal Rumble when those two were staring at daggers at each other. Obviously, that'll be a great match. You know, Lesnar taking on Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania will be a good match. Both heavyweights, you know. Um, but it was a short match. Uh, I ended up last year up winning, I guess, Lesnar versus uh, disqualification. So, and you know, it was just I think I don't know a way to make Lashley more go over more, and Lesnar being more like a crybaby, you know, can't control his temper type of character. So hopefully Triple H will take that into consideration. Hopefully he will give us what we want, which is a Lesnar Gunther, you know, match at WrestleMania. We'll have to wait and see. Like I said, we still got like a more than a month away. WrestleMania's not until April. They gave it to my C plus. Like I said, I kind of agree with them because it wasn't to me. It wasn't. I didn't pay attention to this match. This match to me was a sleeper match. I call it a sleeper match because I was like something that you could probably go to the restroom for. I mean, you got two big guys. It's kind of hard to do big spots with both of them because they they have very few moves in their repertoire. You know, they both came from. They both fought in MMA, and it's like there's so many few moves sets they can do themselves. They're big guys, and all as much they can do. You know, I'm not discrediting. Bobby Lashley, you know, but I would say this match, I think it was more of a sleeper. So, and, up, and the next one I actually was looking forward to was Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. You know, the Hall of Famers, you know, Edge has been wrestling Canada almost like 17 years, and I like this whole long-term story between Edge and the Judgment Day that came from WrestleMania last year. So, um, kind of, and I like seeing Beth Phoenix coming out, you know, she looks good. Or her husband, I like how they bring that real, like, you know, realism to the story. Um, it was a great match. Uh, both sides had really good um, spots. 
And I'm glad that Bethany's the edge one. Of course, you want to put edge over. It was a B. They gave it a B. I would have gave it like a B plus, honestly. Um, so you got edge, you know, coming back to Canada, wrestling Canada after 17 years being away. And um, I kind of like that uh, Beth Phoenix had like that um, tribute to Bull Nakano type of face paint um, kind of look. And it was kind of cool. They got matching colors. Um, of course, you got Dominic there being, you know, the valet to Rio Ripley. And, you know, they're trying his best with Dominic, you know, giving him more heel character. Kind of like the fact that he's broken from his dad. He's coming into his own shell. Um, bringing like his own unique aspect of care, not being just linked to his dad, just because his last name is Mysterio, character-wise, but more like trying to be more of a heel, not having his dad with him, and you know, able to work with Rhea Ripley, um, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor, you know, kind of like you know them helping him out as you know, kind of like being almost like mentors to him because he's like the young kid versus all of them, so it's like they're being mentors to him, helping out with his character. I love this um I use the I love the fact they used uh Shatter Machine <laughs> which was uh was like a thing against Valor. I saw that it was like a callback to uh Dax and Cash from FTR, so it was kinda cool they did a Shatter Machine tribute to him. You know, um and there's been talks about, you know, Dax and Cash because their contracts coming up soon. If they're going to go back to WWE, because I know they love working with Triple H. They hated working with Vince, but they love working with Triple H. So we'll see what happens. But I enjoyed the mixed tag team match. It was great. Like I said, Edge and Edge and Beth Phoenix looked great out there. There was no ring rust. It was a great match. I like the fact they were going to help, like, elevate Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor, you know, as well. And then you had the Men's Elimination Chair match for the United Championship. Um, you had Austin Theory defending his belt. Um... And what I like about this match was there was no Randy Orton, no Dolph Ziggler. It was all NXT bred talent, all NXT bred talent in this match, which which, which made it very exciting because it was all, you know, I like for a fact with Triple H Chicken or Creative, they make callbacks. What I like about now with Triple H Chicken or Creative, like they make, they add, actually add, um, recognize NXT Stats like they they recognize their performances like like NXT being like a minor league but also developmental but at the same time I like for to get credit you know they acknowledge you know they had some past NXT I like for the fact that Triple H is making them acknowledge NXT it's like you know Vince was not like that Vince were not announced you see Vince thought NXT was more like developmental like it doesn't need to be important but you had them competing with AEW and look what happened AEW winning the Wesley Knight Awards that's why NXT went back to Tuesday nights. Like for a fact that you had, you know, all NXT bread talent out of here, which was really great. It was a great match. I enjoyed Montez Ford. Man, that spot he did when he climbed up on the edge of the. And he gave it up A, plus, which I agree. Which for, even though Theory won, but I like for a fact that he gave this match A, plus, which I do agree for the fact that, you know, there's some really good spots like, you know, like Gargano Rollins teaming up on Austin Theory. I like that one spot when they're on top of the pod or laughing and shit, and all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit, we gotta fight each other and they start slob chopping each other. Um Montez Ford fucking um freaking um climbing up the side of the structure and then try, climbs all the way up to the near to the top and then jumps off and lands on everybody, retaking high spots, everyone teaming up on um Bronson Reed. Um Montez Ford, you know, doing his best and of course uh, there's that one spot that Lake left for enough, it wasn't intentional. 
It was just an angle. Like, glad that Montez Ford was okay, but he got a concussion. But I kind of set up what um, a Logan Paul, Seth Rollins type of story going to WrestleMania. So that's why they ended up winning. But overall, it was a great match. Like I said, finally got to see a match with all NXT talent taking off, showing off their skills in elimination chair. We got Seth Rollins, the veteran, you know, one of the first NXT champions, you know. Former NXT champion, so and Johnny Gargano as well. And it was good to see that. I, I enjoyed it. It was a great match. So yeah, A plus, definitely agree. Then brings us to the main event. Which is undisputed WWE Universal Championship between Sammy and Sammy Roman Reigns. I wanted Sammy to win. Especially with the story. I think what kind of gloomy the WWE when Triple H took over was that story. Um and I saw this interview with Sammy Zayn a few weeks days ago anticipation of this match was how he said when Vince was running creative he knew that he wasn't Sam wasn't going to be on TV but if Triple H was on it was the best shot that he was going to be on TV and you know it, all, it was this is what, what became like a long term storytelling it was the longest it was like the best storyline one of the longest storylines since you gotta think since April of last year this story was going for almost a year but Sam was think you know being putting himself with the bloodline, you know, you have Roman Reigns who, come on, he's champ for almost two years, and by points like Sami Zayn who wasn't getting that much TV time, who had to wrestle a gimmick match because Johnny Knoxville WrestleMania, it was a good way to get him like re, you know, reboot his character, go back to his roots by having him into the bloodline, you know, seeking his teeth into it. It got to the point where you know he almost made the bloodline turn on each other. Um, it was a great match. I loved it for the fact that, you know, it was in Montreal, same hometown, you guys, wife and kid, wife and family there. And the crowd was really behind that emotion of the crowd, that pop. I love for the fact he came back with his old song, Roads Apart. One of my favorite theme songs, entrance theme songs. And I followed Sammy Zane since NXT. And I remember he used to be in Ring of Honors that had any goal, but I followed him ever since um, when I got the WWE Never and I saw NXT. He was one of my guys. And to see him finally get a shot at a championship. And, you know, it was a back-and-forth match. I, there were so many near falls. I wanted people in the crowd. They were waiting for Sami Zayn to win. There was a lot of blue thunder bobs. You know, his version of the Superman punch. And then, you know, Kaiser Roman speared him. And he was able to, and Sam was able to get the shoulder up. It was one of those, get out, like, sitting off your seat, getting off your seat type of matches. It was really good. Really well done, really great produce, and and it's like it's it was really great. They gave it a plus. I agree with it. It was one a plus. It was one of the biggest highlights of the night. Um, like I said, really good spots. Of course, the near the end where we saw Jimmy come out. And of course, he got his place involved and eventually led to Roman winning. Um, and of course, Jay comes out. And Jay didn't—he didn't want to hit Sammy with the chair. So saying, and then, um, then of course we had KO come out. So we we'll have to wait and see what it leaves. As we know, I don't know. I saw a little bit of Raw last night. Um, by the way, they were trying to do like Zayn was trying to recruit Kevin Owens between him and against the Bloodlines. I guess Kevin was trying to do it on his own. Um, but the way it looks like it's going to be, you know, Cody versus uh, Roman Reigns, what's going to be at WrestleMania, which, you know, for Cody Rhodes is a comeback ever since coming back last year. 
after being with AEW, being away from WWE for so long, coming back to the thing that his dad couldn't do, which I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, Cody Rhodes becomes the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. Hopefully, um, Sammy and KO try to rekindle, and hopefully they take on the Usos for the tag team belts. Kind of, you know, give the belt, take the belts away from the bloodline, and you know, it was a great faction. I know Triple H is a big fan of factions, but it was. I think it's about time for you know. Wrestling being a new kind of kind of a change with Triple H helping to produce it because this is gonna be his first WrestleMania producing it. I, this is gonna be a good opportunity for him to kind of like um, do a reboot and you know get few people to represent the company and with the potential of them selling the company and asking for the asking price of nine billion. You want to put out a good program because you want to get these potential buyers invested. And with this story being one of the best, you know, bestest storylines that I ever seen in my years of watching professional wrestling and sports entertainment, this was one of the best storylines I ever saw when it comes to the bloodline, the best faction, it helped Roman, it helped the Usos, it kind of helped solidify Roman as being, you know, like I said, the head of the table. Finally, give Romains to Triple H, let Triple H work with him versus Vince trying to push him as his chosen one. He tried that with Drew McIntyre and saw what happened. Now Drew was able to go back, go back to his roots, and now he's one of the most well-over competitors on WWE. So it's like, kind of a show. And then seeing the press conference, I saw the press conference they had. You see that? Troy's having press conferences after these live events, which is something that Vince would never do. He would never have these guys talk to the media. But having Triple H doing that and having them talk to like reporters and stuff, was really great and like Sammy saying you know he felt strange but he, he loved the fact he got the love of the crowd got the he loved the story he was able to you know able to do well with his character and he was glad that match went the way it was it was perfect and to me it was a great match I enjoyed their live event with the exception of the with the exception of the Lashley Lesnar I definitely um do recommend watching the event again guys definitely watch it on Peacock again if you want to see it um but like I said it was great. You know, we're on the road to WrestleMania. It's going to be two nights. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Just keep an eye on Raw, SmackDown for anything that's going to be developing for WrestleMania down the road. And it kind of started with Elimination Chamber. Hope you guys watch Raw the previous night. You can watch it on Hulu. I believe we got the repeats on there. So definitely um, there's something that WWE kind of pushed out. And also AEW on its way with not this week, but the following Saturday, we got Revolution. So. That's their big event. And, of course, um, Tony Khan does say tomorrow that he's going to make an announcement reflecting, you don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people say it might be the video game release day. It might be something else. We have to wait and see. I like the fact they got uh, Mark Briscoe officially signed to all the wrestling. But it hasn't answered the question what's going on with the Ring of Honor belts. What's going to happen? He's going to relinquish him. And Mark can probably be a, a singles competitor. I know he's carrying on the legacy of his brother Jay. So... We'll see what happens, you know. And then, of course, um, we had um, there was New Japan for wrestling um, over the weekend in San Diego. Um, Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks, ended up becoming the IGWP Women's Championship after being Kyrie Zane, after being Kyrie um, as well. I saw the highlights of that match; it was really phenomenal. You could tell that Sasha, I mean Mercedes, using a lot of like Lucha Libre esque type of moves in her repertoire. I love her two finisher, and then you saw like. Punk was in the audience because he's been a supporter of her Mercedes. Yeah, Bailey was there apparently at the event. Just like support for her friend. Um, so 
like I said, a lot of wrestling happened over the weekend, so definitely something to look forward. Look forward to Dynamite tomorrow. There's a lot of good matches on the card leading into Revolution. We'll have to wait and see. But like I said, Revolution is going to be next Saturday. Um, other than that, that's all I'm going to take on the wrestling scene. Um, and also, too, today I kind of um, saw some video game stuff going on. I saw this, what's going on. Um, I saw this because it was on my feed on Facebook. Um, apparently on Microsoft. Um Sign a ten-year deal. That that Nintendo and Xbox signed a ten-year Call of Duty contract. Um, this is from comicbook.com gaming. Articles written by Tyler Fisher, and it says here, and I quote from the article: Microsoft, the owners of Xbox, have announced that it has signed a ten-year contract with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo platforms. The deal was first announced in December. And now there's a national binding contract in place, according to Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. This 10-year commitment is to bring the first-person shooter series to Nintendo platforms the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. When this deal will begin, it's not so specified, but it can be until the Activision Blizzard acquisition is complete, which is currently looking a bit iffy. This is what the um, Xbox promoted on his website. Um, they said here, this is what Brad Smith says. And he put this on his Twitter. It says here, from the Twitter, it says, Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players. Same day as Xbox, with full-feature content parity, so they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty to other gaming platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. So that's great. So that's a big thing, you know. Call of Duty, I believe, hasn't been that much on on um, Nintendo. It kind of gives people more options. Like, if you want to play Call of Duty on the Switch, because with the mobility of the Switch, it kind of helps. It's one of those things where now people want to play video games on the go now with the Steam Deck and the Switch. It kind of gives that thing. And, and it's all part of this thing where Xbox and Nintendo kind of like having this like little partnership where they're exchanging content and cross-plat crossplay and it's interesting to see Nintendo being, you know, flexible and reaching out to other developers, other companies to kind of solidify their gaming prowess. I mean being one of the oldest of all both of them. I mean if you go on Nintendo Marketplace now, there's a lot of indie games you can probably find on Nintendo's like eShop from even games that you see there on Steam and everybody I mean there's Power Wash Simulator is on <laughs> Nintendo eShop. I was like I gotta save up money for that. Never get Power Wash Simulator. Um, but seeing this is like, wow, this is crazy. So, if you're into Call of Duty, if you're playing Nintendo, you got Call of Duty, you're a big fan of Call of Duty, now you get the best of both worlds because now you have the option to play now on Xbox, but also on Nintendo as well. So, congratulations to Nintendo and Xbox for making that agreement. Next thing, February 27th is Pokemon Day. That's coming up on February 27th, and of course, it's for comicbook.com. My article written by Christian Hoffner states on headline says, Pokemon Presents confirmed. February 27. The Pokemon Company will host a Pokemon Presents on February 27, following an annual tradition of celebrating Pokemon Day with some announcements about the coming year. The Pokemon Company has confirmed that a Pokemon Presents will air on their YouTube channel on February 27 at 9 a.m. Eastern. The presentation will run about 20 minutes and will feature exciting news from across the franchise and move to the Pokemon Presents. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will also host a 7-star Terra Ray featuring a Water Terra-type Pikachu. The Ray will run from February 24 through February 27. So we have to wait and see 
And, but if you guys are not familiar with Pokemon Day, Pokemon Day is basically the anniversary of the launch of Pokemon franchise. As Pokemon Red and Green, that's what it was in Japan. They had Red and Green was released in Japan on 1996. While here in the States and Europe, we got Pokemon Red and Blue. Eventually, we ended up getting Green, but I ended up getting it as the Game Boy Advance as it's fire as Leaf Green version and Fire Red. So, like I said, big Pokemon fan. Look forward to the 27th. And going on to anime news. Yes, anime news. Um, if you guys remember, um, there's these videos about um, the Gundam series, how there's a moving Gundam at the Gundam factory in Yokohama. Um, it says here, the life-size moving Gundam statue is actually going to stay on display until March 2024. It says that the facility is slated to close in March 2022, but extended March 2023, now extended for another year. Um, this is from Anime News Network, written by Rafael Antonio Pineda. It says here, Sunrise's Gundam Info Gundam.info website announced on Monday that the Gundam Factory Yokohama facility, which houses a moving life-size RX-78-2 Gundam statue, will remain open until March 31st, 2024. The staff decided that it continued widespread interest to visit the attraction despite the lingering domestic overseas travel due to COVID-19. The facility was legislated to close on March 31st, 2022 after a limited time run, but it was re-extended once before March 31st, 2023. The 18 meter high, which is 959 foot tall, life size moving Gundam held its grand opening for preview in December 2020. So definitely check that out if you're in Japan. Um, to the station, um, I believe there's like, um, you can see the statue moving at certain times. They got a restaurant there. You get like um, food inspired by the Gundam series. There's some Gundam models you can buy there. Big fan of Gundam. I know Gundam Plus is starting to get a resurgence because of COVID and stuff. But definitely check that out when you have a chance. If you're ever in Japan, that's one of the places I would like to go. If eventually, if I do end up going to Japan, that's one of the places I want to go is to Yokohama and check out the Gundam Station myself. Um, there's another thing that was teased um, earlier um, today. Um, this is from MA News Network, um, article written by Rafael Tony Pineda. You guys remember Zoids? If you never remember Zoids, where Zoids were like these like mechanical type animal robots. Um, and apparently, uh, if you remember seeing that on Cartoon Network back in the day, they were introduced to Cartoon Network. There was different storylines. Um, there was all about selling toys based on the series. Um, apparently, um, they're teasing, uh, it says here, the official Twitter card for Takara Tomi's Zoys franchise teaser return his original Zoys story for the franchise's 40th anniversary. This is the launch when his first model kits in the West in 1982, 1983 in Japan. The teaser features footage from the Zoids um, Century Anime from 1999. Daikatomi announced that Zoids Project 2018 is the latest installment in the Zoids franchise. Project include anime, manga, model kits, and two Nintendo Switch games. Zoids Wild Anime will premiere in July 2018, after 50 episodes of the sequel title. Zoids Wild Zero premiered in October 29th, but it was late in 2020 due to COVID-19. The anime resumed June 2020. Netflix began streaming the first season of Zoids Wild Anime in English in 2022 in the U.S. Second half will include to include episodes 25 to 50 in October. So if you're into Zoids, Zoids was like another thing of Gundam, but this time it was like movable ro uh, robot creatures. Um, definitely, if you're into Zoid fan back in the day, um, definitely check out Zoid Wild on Netflix. Um, and if you're into Zoids, check it out. Okay, uh, I do want to give an anime recommendation. I started watching this anime, want to watch it in Japanese, and I decided, oh, let me check out the dub, because some actors I saw in the dub there recognizable um this it just completed right now from 
fall last year as I watched. Trying to jump back and forth between anime seasons. <laughs> so for this one, it's um it's called the Japanese title is called Kage no Jisuryokusha ni Narita Gote, also known as The Eminence in Shadow. Currently it holds of 8.37 on my anime list. Um it's 20 episodes. It is, um, the source is a light novel. There's a manga adaptation as well. It's licensed by Sentai Filmworks, so you can find us on High Dive. Uh, it's produced by ATX, BS, NTV, Kadokawa, New Gin Aiming. Its genre is action. Comedy fantasy studio is Nexus. is a studio. Theme is Isekai and Reincarnation. Um, it, like I said, it finished airing. Um, catch it on high dive there's a mobile game app by control games as well it's funny how they're publishing even though this anime is on high dive so let me read the synopsis for it for as long as he can remember Minoru Kagano has been fixated on becoming as strong as possible which allowed him to undertake all kinds of rigorous training this wish however does not stem from a desire to become recognized by others rather Minoru does everything he can to blend in with the crowd so while pretending to be a completely average student during the day he arms himself with a crowbar and ruthlessly thrashes local biker gangs at night. Yet, when Minoru finds himself in a truck accident, his ambition simply comes to a sudden end. In his final moments, he laments his powerlessness. No matter how much he trained, there was nothing he could do to overcome his human limitations. But instead of dying, Minoru reawakens as Sid, the second child of the noble Kagano family, in another world, one where magic is commonplace. With the power he so desired finally within his grasp, he downs the moniker Shadow and establishes Shadow Garden, a group of whose sole purpose is to combat the enigmatic cult of Diablos, an organization born from Sid's imagination. However, as Shadow Garden grows in both membership and influence, it becomes increasingly apparent that the cult of Diablos is not as fictional as Sid has intended. So, definitely check out this anime. Uh, the, the, the anime cast, the, uh, the Japanese cast, features uh, Shinshiro Yamashita, Ai uh, Farus, um, Asami Seto, Inori Menase, Rina Hidaka, Hisako Kanemoto, Suzuko Minamori, Ayaka Asai, Rina Kaldo, and Kana Hanazawa. Um, definitely, it's um, directed by Kazuya Nakakishi, uh, produced by Shota Watase. Um, sound director is Jin Nakatekawa. Um, like I said, it's available on, let me see what services available on High Dive, Anime Korea, Anime Digital Network, Bilibili, Bilibili Global, Laftel. Um, Definitely check it out. Uh, the dubcast. Let me get the dubcast real quick because I remember some recognizable names. Let me see. I need some shadow dubcast. Let me pull up the dubcast. They, uh, they are doing the dub right now. High Dive is doing the dub. But let me see what the cast here. Let me um, pull up the cast here. Uh, we got Adam Gibbs as Sid. Kakano also known as Shadow. And Natalie Rial as Akane. Olivia Swazi as Alexa. Christina Kelly as Alpha. Annie Wiles Beta, Elisa Collier as Gamma, Raven Troop as Delta, Ellen Evans as Epsilon, Dominique Meyer as Zeta, Lucy Christian, one of my favorite actresses who I got to meet um, last year at ASIN. Really um, lovely person, uh, really friendly. Um, she, oh, you might recognize her as Hestia from Damachi, Nami from One Piece, uh, Uraka from My Hero Academia. She does so many works. Um, Patricia Duran as Iris, Greg Ayers as Poe. Nathan Wilson is Skell, Scott Gibbs is Xenon, Andrew Love is Kidnapper 1, Michael Ronsky is Kidnapper 2, and Cyrus Rhodes is Monster. And there's a lot of, like, um, 
people doing um, work behind the scenes. Uh, Josh Watch directed the English dub. Karen Hanley Black's writing the script. Hanley the mix. So, like I said, it's a uh, it's one of those interesting stories where it's like an isekai, but it's also like um it's like um it's an isekai, but uh but it has like that dark um. A dark type of feeling, because of course this is kind of being like um, an overused, overused, um, overused concept, and it's like it's really um, interesting and and definitely something you should check out. So definitely check that out as well. So definitely check it out. So when you get a chance, check it out on High Dive. And that's what I got for this week. Um, not much. I told you it was gonna be like a short episode. Um let you know what I'm doing. I'm playing um three houses. Fireman Three Houses decided to go back into it. Um I'm gonna start after going through various strategy guys, best like recommendations, I am gonna start as the male Belith and go through the blue lines, then eventually they recommend blue lines, then um Golden Dawn, Golden Deer, then the Black Eagles. So I'm gonna try to do all three paths. I'll let you know how I do in that. Other than that, um, and man, I lost Quantum Mania. I'm probably gonna wait until it comes to Disney Plus. I've been hearing this been underwhelming reviews for it, so I'm gonna wait. I am catching up on The Last of Us. I still gotta finish these episode six on The Last of Us at the show. Definitely recommend seeing it if you're a big fan of video games. There's a really good adaptation. Um. So definitely watch that on HBO Max when you have a chance. Um, that's it. Um, big surprise for you guys coming up this coming week, next week. Um, we'll have another guest on the show as well. Uh, like I said, if you are interested in being part of the podcast and be a guest, you want to you know, share your favorite pop culture items, your pop culture history, your fandom, what makes you a fan of pop culture. You know, If you want to share with me, share with the rest of the world. Hit me up on email, talkpop8520 at gmail.com or tweet us at popcult85 on Twitter. DM us that you want to the show that I can reach out to you. We can talk to our personal Discord. Check out my merch at talk at threadless.talkpopculture.threadless.com. No, Check out the backlog episodes of the Podcast Talks and the previous incarnations of the show on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. You can follow the podcast as well on Facebook as well. I'll have links to the episodes. If you have any questions regarding pop culture, or you see something you want me to give my opinion of, or there's a movie or TV show you want me to watch, give a review. Like I said, this is something I like to share with you guys. I've been doing this for almost five years, sharing stuff on pop culture, sharing stuff I like to talk about. So make sure to share with me. I love sharing with you guys. Good therapy for me. I enjoy doing this. So, like I said, I'll have a guest coming up next week. It's somebody that hasn't been on in a while. You'll probably recognize him. I know it's a he, but I'm not going to say who. So, like I said, you just have to wait till next week to find out. So, that's all I got for this week. See you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. <laughs>